When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, welcome to United Hour, your one-stop shop for all things Manchester United. I'm your host, Imran. I'm Ashwin. And yep, you've got the uh, Indian version of United Hour today. Uh, they <laughs> they let us do it. We're just taking a bit of time just to bring you a quick little podcast, mainly on the Leicester game that happened yesterday, but actually mainly on the transfers, because that's all we, we know you want to hear about is transfers. Um, so actually, I thought we'd actually start with the end of the window, because... It feels like it's actually more pressing news than the Leicester game, which was a bit of a non-event. It was a fairly comfortable 1-0 win for United, and we will get to that in the second half of this podcast. But first, transfer window. So, Ashwin, out of 10, how do you score United's summer transfer window? Uh, I think I gave it a 6.5. I would, you know, look, the, the process is all kinds of... You know, it was not inspiring, obviously, just the way it all unfolded. Um, but if you look at the actual players they brought in and the positions they filled, and, you know, look, I, I know we're, we haven't started talking about the match yet, but if you just look at the last few performances, I think you can see a clear kind of vision for what at least Ten Hag wants to be built. Um, so in that sense, you know, I think they actually did a pretty good job. If you told me at the start of the summer that, you know, this would be the window, forget the money, because the money, I don't even care about the money at this point. Just looking at the players, looking at the positions filled, I think I would have said, yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, upgraded in multiple positions that we needed to upgrade in. Uh, I think Malasia is the weird one, because I don't know if any of us thought left back, you know, critical need, but now that he's playing it's like okay yeah maybe <laughs> maybe it was um but yeah i mean casemiro i love i think he's great we can talk about the age and all those kind of things but you could even see yesterday what he brings to the table um you know i think anthony we haven't seen him yet but watching the matches i think it's obvious that is a position of need uh and then you know you look ericsson's been really good you can already see how much calm he brings to the table and versatility, actually, which I think I underrated greatly. Um, and then you have, you know, Martinez has been fantastic. So, yeah, I mean, up and down, I think. And we'll see what Dubrovka does. But even that, like, they needed to get some kind of competent backup keeper. Dubrovka's pretty good um, as far as that goes. So I think overall, it's a decent, pretty decent window. But, you know, the process of how they got there leaves me a bit pessimistic about their ability to now use this as a platform to go on and, you know, build out from here and really build the squad to a level that it's competitive at the highest level. Mm, I think largely agree. If you were to look at it based, based on paper, if someone showed me a list of here's all your out- ingoings, here's all your outgoings, 
forget any context, and I would probably give it an eight because ultimately we bought a defensive midfielder, something we thought would never happen. We bought a right winger who actually plays on the right wing, and we won't find out in a month. Times actually better than the left wing. He's definitely a right winger. Um, we've got a we've we've managed to somehow in twelve months change completely our back four. Um, I know Varane and Dello were here last year, but this Varane and this Dello look completely different to the one that were here twelve months ago. Um, with Martinez and Malassia, we actually have a competent back four. So solely on paper, it'd be 8 out of 10. It wouldn't be 10 out of 10, because 10 out of 10 would be perfect. Um, you would have um, probably another op- forward option, a different right-back option, maybe probably another midfielder as well, and the outgoings would have been a lot better. Um, I think the outgoings have been okay, not great. Um, did well to get some money for Andreas. I'm happy we sold Garner. I feel like he would have just... Rotted away on the bench, being one of those youngsters who ends up leaving for like two million in three years' time if we didn't sell him now. Um, it would have been better to have a buyback clause in there, but a sell-on clause, next best thing, I guess. Probably could have got more money for him considering the amount of money that people are going for, but it was late in the window. It's just, I cannot possibly give this window, if you look at it with context, more than a five because of how shoddy and half like all over the place it's been. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's easy to forget that at one point we wanted to buy Marco and Artovich. <laughs> It's easy and, to forget and Rabio. And ra- it's easy to forget that we were literally going to buy Rabio until his mum wanted too much. I mean, these are things that genuinely happened in this window. We spent months chasing after Frankie de Jong, something that I kind of get bit out of the club's hands, maybe, but ultimately it's something we did and it's something that didn't happen and it's a bunch of wasted time. Who knows how much money and resource we wasted on that transfer as well. We could have had Anthony earlier in the window. We got him right at the basically on the last day of the window we bought him. We could have had him for probably less money at the, earlier in the window. You know, these are just things that have happened and it's just the planning seems all over the place, really shoddily put together. Happy with the results? Absolutely. The way we got here? Not really. And I feel like transfers are more than just you bought this player, it's how it's done. And ultimately, we lost the first two games of this season. We're looking all right now. We're up to fifth, won three games in a row, looking very solid. But we lost the first two games of the season. And would we have lost those players if we had everyone in earlier more settled who knows um but it couldn't have couldn't have hurt i mean i think the major takeaway which you exactly pointed out is yes the business is good and and you know again the money is it's all these figures with the english clubs are just bonkers so i don't even care about the money at this point but the business is good in terms of the players they brought in the quality blah, blah blah that's fine but it's like why does it always take having these early season setbacks before all of a sudden the board is like, okay, you know what? The manager's right. We do need to bring in some players. Let's get these guys. And then, and then you can immediately see, okay, like, and yeah, I know that Martinez and, you know, Malasia are already here, right? But it's like, you know, why does it take that all of a sudden to give this impetus of bring in Casemiro, right? Mm. Or bring in like okay now we do need a right winger so we are going to pay up to get Anthony when previously we were not willing to pay up to get Anthony so it's like I don't understand that and I will say this thing like the de Young thing I think I actually have some sympathy for them with regard to that because I think it's obvious that Ten Hag was not just pushing them to do it but for whatever reason felt very confident that de Young wanted to come and so I understand like you want to back him and if he had earmarked him as like such a critical player for what he's trying to build, I do have sympathy for just the idea of like, no, we have to stay in this to a certain degree. That being said, um, you know, 
once they pivoted, it's not, you know, like you said, it's not inspiring that the pivot was to Rabio initially, right? Um, thrilled we got Casemiro. I think he's going to be awesome. I love him. I've always loved him as a player. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just very, very weird how it all went about. And it's also weird because I think if you were to ask me, what did we need more before the window? If you were like, pick Casemiro or DeYoung, I would have said Casemiro 10 times out of 10. True. Yeah. It's so it's like, I, I don't, and maybe that's something about Ten Hag, but it's also like, this is where your recruitment department and your footballing structure need to like, you need to be able to have that conversation with him, right? Where it's like, hey, look, we understand you want to young. This is how much money we have. These are the things we can do, right? This is a bigger need for us currently as a team. So we are going to get Casemiro for you, but you want Anthony, we're going to get Anthony. You want Malasia, we're going to get Malasia. You want Lissandro, we're going to get Lissandro. But as a team, we need Casemiro more than we need De Young. And it's like to not have that in place and not be able to even have those conversations to the point where it seems like they're just depending on Ten Hag to tell them exactly, you know, what he needs at every position is is just it it is so antiquated in comparison to like all the other major clubs in Europe. Well, thank God we have Ten Hag and he can seemingly pick out a decent player because boys. Well, Two for two at the moment. We looked like with Martinez and Malassi, obviously, early days. And it gives you a lot of faith in the Anthony transfer, which we'll get to. I will say, to be, obviously, just to wrap that up, well, we're not being super down here. We are very happy with the, the business we've done. And in fact, frankly, I think we all said at the beginning of the window how many players we expect to buy. And we were all like maybe three or four or something. But we've actually got six, which is a good, good chunk of players. Yes, one of them is Depravka. He's a, on loan and a reserve keeper. But we did need one. So actually, you know, if you look at it on paper, great stuff. Very happy. Um, Casemiro as well. The one thing I did think about that is maybe he actually only became available once the season started. Maybe after that, um, after he lost his place for the league games to um, the guy's name I can't pronounce. Um, that guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. You meant to help me with his pronunciation here. Chumini? Ch- Ch- I don't know. I, he's, he's not Indian. I don't know. I can't <laughs> so, <laughs> so maybe if he came available later, fair enough. But anyway, we are happy with the transfers. And obviously the last one, well, actually, Dubravka was the last one, but the, the last main one was Anthony, signed for £82 million, something like that, €95 million Euros with €5 million, uh, add-ons. I'm uh, so- uncomfortably excited to watch him. Like, I did at a certain point. I just watched enough of him, his highlights and all these touches and all this stuff, and I was like, "Yeah, just just pay whatever. I don't care. Just get him here. I need to see this. I need to see him do his little three sixty spin on the ball for absolutely no reason. I need to see all of it. I'm excited for him. I'm excited. Like I like the thing is that's the thing that's the weirdest thing about this window is we talked about all these things that are annoying about it, but I'm genuinely thrilled about getting Casemiro, and I'm super excited to watch Anthony, and I think, you know. I can't. I can speak for myself. Like, Lissandro and Malasia have been fantastic for me. Like, I'm super happy they're here. So the business of that in that angle is exciting. It's just like, you know, we always have to worry about. Well, are they going to get it right though? Long term, I don't know. We'll see. Well, we will see. <laughs> um, but yeah, Anthony, it's a very exciting signing. We actually have a right winger who has a left foot. Something we haven't had for. God, who knows? Who knows how long? I guess we have had Juan Mata doing it, but he's not really a right winger, never really has been, but kind of was shunted there. But yeah, I mean, it's a skillful player, 
good likes to cut inside putting decent balls into the box he can shoot he can definitely dribble pace he doesn't get kicked out of games easily he's uh, got a, quite a fighter mentality so again it looks like a great addition obviously the price tag is a lot as me and calm touched on money is important but it's all about how he now deals with that how he deals with that pressure how our team as a whole deal with that pressure of having a hundred million pound player in the side um but we're all excited and he will probably feature against Arsenal whether he starts or not that will be remain to be seen we haven't obviously Casemiro only only actually Martinez is and technically Harrison as well they've been the only and signings I, who have gone straight in and so. I, I think I think like the other thing with Anthony forgetting the fee right we've talked about that enough and and like yes he's a left-footed right winger which we desperately needed for a while but it's also like I just think he's he's the first player since I, I don't know maybe like before Martial stopped doing it, and since Nani, really, like, if you get him isolated on a fullback, I think he can take him one-on-one. You know, like, I think he brings that to the table in a way that we haven't had in a while. Um, Like, Sancho's a pretty good dribbler, but he's not super fast. I don't think he is electric in the same way. Um, He's a really good combination player. Like, I think Anthony is somebody who, you know, I don't know if you watched the highlights of his last match at Ajax, and I know it's the Eredivisie, but he, they were double-teaming him, triple-teaming him, and he's just blowing by them, splitting defenders. Like He, he has this kind of take-on ability that we really have lacked in the wide positions for a while. Um, and I think, like, you know, look, it's, the sport is meant to be watched, to be excited, right? You're supposed to get out of your seat. Like He's a player that I think, if he hits, he's going to be a massive favorite at Old Trafford. I think the crowd will absolutely love him. He's, he's a total showman. Um, and, you know, that's a great stage potentially for him. Yeah, Andy, obviously, is thrilled to be at United, really wanted to come here. So, positive signs, but we'll, we'll have to see how he does in the games coming up. Um, the only... So, posit- in, on the incomings, positive about pretty much all of them. Questionable how we got there, but we've got there. The <laughs> outgoings, that's where... It, falls down a bit for me ultimately still got i mean we did get rid of a lot of players but a lot of them were due to contract uh ending and stuff but we still have like phil jones is still kicking around brandon williams is somewhere in the back injured or something um <laughs> and ultimately the big one is ronaldo now ronaldo yeah. did want to leave um we'll probably do some incredible backtracking over the next few weeks say that he never wanted to leave but ultimately if that was the case why would he have not come out and said so in the press over these last few weeks um it's a bit disappointing that he's not gone um he does he's such a different i mean we, we've covered this to death obviously everyone knows our attack looks a lot different with ronaldo but then he is here now we've got to make the best of it and to be honest with you when he came on against southampton we'll get to it but stuff did happen it didn't necessarily happen and come off but you know stuff was happening when he was on the pitch so we need to kind of adapt now, make him into that impact sub, maybe put him on against teams where we expect to dominate the ball and he can just rack up the goals. And if he's happy to do that, then I guess we'll be happy to have him. Um, overall, your thoughts on Ronaldo staying? Um, I am not thrilled about it. Uh, again, this is one where like they should be criticized for signing him in the first place. But can't criticize like i don't think they him still being here is because there was no effort made to move him on like there's been multiple reports that they never even got an offer for him Mm. right i I mean what can they do the only 
the only compromise at that point is you terminate his contract, come to a mutual agreement, right? And he part ways. But I look, look, let's be real. I don't think Ronaldo, if he wasn't going to get a move, I don't think he want, he's going to terminate his contract because yeah. at the end of the day, like, yes, Europa League is, you know, I think he perceives it as an insult. Um, and maybe that's okay. Like, I think that's okay if you have that standard as a player. But um, at the end of the day, you know, United is part of his branding. Like, not just right now as a player, you know, because he plays here, but, you know, part of his mystique as a player, right, is he's played at Manchester United and won everything. He's played at Real Madrid and won everything. Like, he went to Juventus, won multiple leagues there. So he's played at all these top clubs. Like, you don't want to leave those places in such an inglorious fashion. Um, So I think it makes sense why he would not terminate. Also, the paycheck helps, right? They're paying him a lot of money, so that helps. Hmm. Um, But, like, I I don't blame them too much for that. I think the Garner one is a little bit weird because I don't... I'm fine that they sold him. I mean, like, somebody pointed this out, but it's like, you know, we hype up all these young players that we have, but at the end of the day, like, the only one that you would be like, oh, man, he, he really turned into something was Pogba. That's it. Like, other than that, who have we let go that you're like, wow, he might have done something for us that would have been fantastic, right? And we brought Pogba back, obviously. That wasn't so fantastic. Um, but, but the, I mean, it's fine. Like, I think Garner, we'll see. I don't know what the add-ons are because, you know, obviously, if it's $15 million versus the initial fee of 9.5, that's a big difference. But, like, I think it's fine that they sold him. They got a sell-on clause. So if he moves again, they'll make some money. Maybe if he becomes really good, that allows United kind of an easier in to get him because of having the sell-on clause and how that affects negotiations. But, like, I think it's fine. And I think, to be quite honest, for his career, it's much better that he left because he's not going to get consistent game time here, and he's not going to be allowed... If he makes mistakes, like, there are certain positions where, at a big club, if you make mistakes, it's just not... You can't live with that, right? Uh, Like, center half and midfield, really, in particular, are the two positions that I think it's very hard for young players and striker. Um, obviously, uh, for young players to come through at big clubs. So um, I think it's a good move for him. I think it was smart of United to sell him. They did sell Chong for, I don't know what the fee was, probably not that much. Minimal. Yeah, but get him off the books. They did a decent job of getting wages off the books, but not permanent sales. And then obviously, like, Phil Jones, again, that's one where it's like, what are you going to do? At this point, that's one where you're like, nobody's ever coming in for him. I think it's the last year of his contract just agree to pay him off his contract and let him leave. Like, there's no point in having him around. Um, I, I feel bad for him, to be honest, because he's just been so injury-prone. But at this point, just move him on, you know, and, um, you know, let him do whatever he wants to do from here on out. Um, and then, you know, I, I don't know. Other than that, like, I'm not too upset they didn't move off of anybody. I'm trying to think if there's someone else in the squad I would have wished they would have let go. I mean... I mean, wan is the one for me. It would have yeah. been great to sell wan and get a different right back in. So um, do you think, like, with that, I, I feel like if Williams was healthy, that would have become more feasible? Because I don't, I don't know. I don't think, I don't think Ten Hag would want to rely on Williams and Dallo yeah, yeah. as his right-backs. Um, yeah, which I, which I also, like, I think is reasonable. Like, yeah, I, I agree with you. If they got a good offer for wan like let's say they got 15 rising to 20 million pounds. You know, I think they might have sold him then, but that doesn't seem like it was ever on the table. Um, and 
there were also rumors, right, that they were like interested in Dest, and I think there was rumors of, uh, what's his name, Munier. Um, but like, if you don't get an offer, it's hard to kick on mm. on those positions because they clearly look they whatever we will talk we can talk about the Glazers all day, but they spent quite a bit of money this this summer. So if that was their budget to spend, I think it's reasonable for them to be like, if you want to get another right back, we have to sell to buy. Yeah. Um, and, and so like, if you couldn't sell Juan Bissaka to then reinvest back in the position, I get it. Um, and I'm yeah, okay but you with do, that. Also, you don't want a hard right back, Steve. Right, right. And right. the other one I was thinking, and, and fair, I was only thinking about it more in the last week is Harry Maguire could have been when we sold, really. Because as it's looking like now, we are going to go a full season with Harry Maguire being our third choice center back. And his value at the end of next season will probably be a lot lower than it could be this season. And you just think, I mean, it's hard to say because you don't have the foresight of, well, this centre-back pairing is so good that we don't really want to ever see a different centre-back pairing. And obviously there are injuries and stuff, but you get rid of Harry Maguire now for probably could easily get 30, 40 million for him and then you buy a different centre-back to be your upcoming... I mean, we're talking all fantasy talk here, but it's just a, just a, just a thought I was having. Like, we will probably never get as much for Maguire as we would have this summer. But it takes a lot of foresight, and obviously we don't have that foresight. But the question is then, who has had the most chastising three weeks in terms of a come down and an ego blow? Harry Maguire watching his this centre back pairing, or Ronaldo knowing that nobody wants him. <laughs> uh, it has to be Ronaldo, but it's it's quite a climb down for both. <laughs> but I mean, the Maguire. It's like Maguire is so weird because whatever, like I I think he is a good player, and. I don't know what's happened with him the last year and a half, because I, I like what was he ever worth eighty million pounds? We can debate that all day, but like, no, his his first year at United, whatever his flaws were, he clearly was an upgrade over what we had previously. I think, um, and he was good, whatever upgrade or not, he was good, not dominant, not amazing, but he was good. So he's a good player. There's something he can offer to this team, and we're going to need him at a certain point because Varane's not going to get through a full season healthy. That's just not going to happen. Um, so, like, it is okay to me to, that we kept him. I don't know. Was there ever a legitimate offer made for him? You know, like, I don't, I don't take much from the report that, oh, like, they were, you know, they, they weren't even listening to offers for him because I think that's just a negotiating tactic, right? It's like, we're, we're totally not listening. Definitely don't tell us you would pay 40 million pounds for him because we're definitely not listening. It, like, I don't buy that at all. Um, but I don't know if anybody would do that. And I don't know what he's thinking. I don't like, I don't think he wants to leave United. He doesn't seem like he wants to. Uh, and generally speaking, you know, he seems like a good guy off the pitch. Like, you know, I don't, he doesn't strike me as somebody who's like a malcontent. Uh, I think the stuff about like, he's leaking to the press. And I think that the people make a lot of big deal about that. I, I don't think he's a problematic issue in the dressing room at all. Um, I would. I'm okay with him still being here. I think we need him, quite frankly, because we let Bayi go. Um, and Lindelof is still hurt, or he's back now in training. So, like, you need four center halves to get through a season, at minimum. Um, so, I think it's okay. Like, um, you know, we'll we'll need him. He's going to have to come in at a certain point. Like, well, he, listen, he, he's gonna he's gonna play a vital vital role in this season, in the Europa League. Yes, so, you know, <laughs> well, it's I mean, gonna be a. In cr- crucial part of that campaign. And you need, I mean, 
again, like the Varane part of it, like he's going to miss time. So you need somebody who can come in a starting caliber center half in the Premier League. Like I think no matter who despises him, at the very minimum, we can say that he is a starting caliber center half, regardless of the dip in form that he's seen. Like we know that he has that level in him. It's good for him too. Like I think one of the big issues last year was that when his form dipped, we just didn't drop him. Like you need that sometimes as a player, right? Like, like you might know inherently you're not playing up to standard, but if you're not being dropped, it seeps into you your subconscious. Like, what it doesn't, you know, you're not willing to necessarily give that extra five ten percent you need because you know there's no repercussions to not doing it. Now he knows, like, if I'm not on top of it. I'm going to come out. It doesn't matter that I'm the captain. It doesn't matter that they paid 80 million pounds for me. I will be taken out if I don't deliver. So like there is an urgency that that brings. And I think I'm hopeful at least that when he does get an opportunity, we'll see that in his game. We'll we'll probably see that next Thursday, but um, we're going to take a quick break now. And then when we come back, we'll talk about uh, United's 1-0 win against Leicester. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Welcome back to the show. Right, Man United won less than nil. Um, actually, our first win, uh, I, I think uh, they said something about Leicester have taken four points off United in the last two seasons, something like that. Um, so it's actually our first win against Leicester for a while. Um, I thought a deserved win, not a comfortable win, but a deserved one. I thought mainly just for that first half where we pretty much dominated proceedings without really creating that much, but just in terms of general play and who was in the game or we were definitely that dominant side. Um I mean I don't have a I don't have a great deal of talking points for this game. Um the first one I guess though is that defense. That defense looks very solid. Gotta be happy with how they're performing so far. The centre back pairing of Martinez and Varane again, man of the match between one of them for me. I thought um actually I thought Dallow was man of the match. Uh but again he's someone who's looked excellent. Uh, way beyond my expectations uh, for what Diego Dallow could give to the team. At the beginning of the season, yeah, he's having an, another great game. Um, happy with that back four? Yeah, very happy. Um, I thought they did a really good. What did Leicester really didn't create much? Their best chance? No, was they were pro- they were really bad. Yeah, they, their best chance was probably like the set piece, which was a great free kick. Um, great save by De Gea, actually, but um, that was just a great free kick. And then that chance at the very end, which I still think like, that's more about Ronaldo just being. An absolute idiot um, than than anything else that shouldn't have even. That shouldn't well, have we, ne- did, we didn't defend that high ball very well. Malasia went walkabouts. Um, well, I tried to, to well, they, it for some reason. They were all pushing up the pitch though because they assumed we were going to keep possession instead of Ronaldo trying to like come in field and try and take oh, yeah, pass to McTominay <laughs> Just... who wasn't moving because like why are we, why are we attacking right now? We need we need to have a semin- We need to have a seminar on time-wasting. It's still three times in the last three games where we've just not gone to the corner and it's driving me nuts. <laughs> like, we need a seminar on this. Um, we saw what happened to Newcastle uh, with the never-ending game. Uh, just take it into the corner, Joe Linton. Chill out. We need a seminar, desperately. But yes, um, 
that was the only chance really and it felt to james justin and i was pretty comfortable i didn't didn't didn't, didn't feel like james justin was going to wang, wang one in at the end um but yeah they other than that very comfortable very very comfortable i thought delo was i, I got to say i i'm he looks a totally different player right now than what we've seen previously um defensively he's definitely improved like definitely taking it up a level um i i also just like that he's celebrating everything all the time I mean, uh, he's gonna he probably can't always <laughs> play against arsenal he'd fit in right he fit fit right in with an arsenal game won't he celebrating like that um i mean imagine if we won a trophy oh man he'd be, he'd be, he'd be hardly able to contain himself I, I, but yeah, like I mean, I think he's shown a lot. Like he, he's not, he's pretty good in possession. I think some of the forward passes he plays are really good for, especially for that position for a right back. You're not necessarily expecting that sometimes. Um, you can tell he and many others in the team are still kind of working out what Ten Hag wants them to do in certain situations. You know, overlap, underlap, come into midfield, play a certain pass, whatever it is. But like. He he seems to have really taken on the directions that Ten Hag has for him and made himself a pretty solid player. Like I still think at the end of the day we're going to need to upgrade at that position, but like he's proving himself to at least be an adequate, solid squad player at the position. Um, mm. And uh, you know I think like like that's that's. He deserves credit for that because last year, at the same time, at the same time, he was getting skinned alive by Dan Juma uh, in the Champions League. So, um, to you know, yesterday he had that great one v one defensive moment on uh, what was it Barnes, right, where he slide tackled, knocked it off him, won a goal kick. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's he's definitely stood out to me. Um, not in the same way Varane and Varane was, <laughs> man, he was amazing yesterday. I thought. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just, just kind of happy to see a player who's improved at United, like, you know, Christ, it's been so long since we've seen that. So, Mm. um, yeah, happy for him. And it's, it's actually kind of shows something about Ten Hag too, right? That he's showing now already that, yeah, there are players like here that I can coax a little bit more out of. Yeah. Uh, and it's just nice to have a solid back bar who you don't panic so much when things are happening, like with Veronica Martinez. I feel very unpanicked, whereas I probably don't feel that with previous centre-back parents of old. That mm-hmm. might change over the next few games when we get really tested against Arsenal. Like, I'm not saying it's going to always go their way, but in general, it looks like there's solid foundations of a, a good partnership. Um, further up the pitch, um, Ericsson actually got man of the match with Sky Sports, which I thought was a bit generous. But I did think he had a good half. And to be honest with you, I've, been, I've actually been enjoying Ericsson um, in that midfield role. It's just, it oozes just fast on the ball and he knows how to play football, and yeah, it's not the flashiest, but he does recycle possession nicely, plays the right pass most of the time, and he is actually covering a lot of ground. I think something I think I already said today that he's actually covered the most yeah. ground of any United player in the first five games of the season, so he does look knackered half the time, but maybe that's just how he looks, and maybe he's fine. Yeah, he's, like you said, he uses class. Um, he's really smart, I think. I'm actually really excited to see him and Casemiro together. I feel like they will operate on very, on a very good wavelength. Um, he's he makes really intelligent runs too, like into the box. I'm I, he's gonna score a goal very soon. You can see he's gotten nearly on the end of a few crosses. He nearly scored yesterday on a shot early in the match. Um, he he's just 
he pops up in the spaces you need him to pop up in. He keeps possession well. He isn't scared to play forward passes. He's kind of like <laughs> he's like if you could turn off the hero mode in Bruno's head. Uh, like if you could do that, that's kind of what Ericsson gives you because he knows he, Br- Bruno has been less heroy <laughs> recently, which I've quite enjoyed. Bruno's actually and another good game from Bruno yesterday, just yeah. quite solid. But yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, he's like he had one yesterday, Bruno, where he like he nutmegged somebody by the byline, and then he tried to play this cross field pass that wasn't even close. That it was just like I hate you so much sometimes. Um, but no, Ericsson, he he's he looks. Like a really, really good addition. And it's, you know, these are the type of people freak out now all the time if you buy someone that's 30 years old, right? But like you get him in on a free and you got him, what, a two or three year contract, whatever it was. But it's like you can already see what he's bringing to your team. And it's like that gives you an idea of, okay, this is what he's bringing to the team. So this gives us a year, two years, whatever it is, to find a younger version of this player that can come in and kind of like, now transition into that role full-time, right? So, like, those are the things that like, he's just giving you a template of the type of midfielder that you ultimately need to have in your squad long-term. Um, and I, I mean, there's been a lot of talk about this, but, like, it, I don't know how you feel about this, but don't you just feel like there's something a bit more modern about the players we've brought in? Like, it, it feels like we're playing a more... I, I've, I've never been able to shake the sense over the last, whatever, five, six, seven years, when you watch United and you watch the rest of the league, that like we're not playing, we're not evolving with how the league and the game in general is evolving at times, especially in midfield. Um, and I think with the additions we've made, Erickson being one for sure, and, you know, Martinez and Malasia, and also like it feels like now we're seeing an evolution that I'm like, okay, I, actually buy this as um you know i can see the vision i understand what we're trying to build uh we obviously need to build a lot more but like i i'm i'm in i i I get it i see where ten hog is trying to go and what he's trying to achieve Mm. yeah no i'd agree with that we're definitely the focus seems to be more on technical ability than just blood and thunder run around the pitch (laughs) uh, which has been a I'm, I mean, not all players, but a, a big sign of a lot of the players. I mean, like we had like we had like kick and run. Jan, Dan James was our big signing two years ago, <laughs> and then we're we're miles away from kick and run. Um, so yeah, it's definitely an evolve an evolving of that. Although you could argue then that our man, of the, one of our contenders for man of the match yesterday, is the ultimate no nonsense football in Scott McTominay, who actually yeah. I thought had a really good game yesterday. Um, He's had a couple of good games, uh, but yesterday was, I thought, his best one so far. Especially in that first half, it seemed like he was everywhere, just breaking everything up, mm-hmm. putting some very good tackles. Uh, on the ball, still a bit, but actually, I thought he was better on the ball yesterday than he has been. Um, his past completion rate was about 82%, which is it's usually in the 70s, so it's a bit better, but still not a, a, not a great amount of passes. Um, but then that's not his game. We're using him to break up things and try to get it to other people, um, and he was breaking things up. Uh, you could argue that it's maybe one of the reasons why we're not controlling games, but it's not just him who has to control games to other people. But ultimately, when Casemiro comes in, I think we'll control games a lot better because obviously Casemiro is a much classier player. But for the job that he's doing now, I thought Mike Tomane had a very good game. And yeah, he will be a good foil or deputy for Casemiro when he can't play. Um, 
without giving him a quick shout out. We're going to take another quick break, and then when we get back, we're going to talk about the goal, and then we're going to preview the Arsenal game. Welcome back. So yes, this game was decided by one goal, a Jadon Sancho goal after a nice move where Leicester decided, you know what's not needed? Defending. Defending is not required in this game, so we'll just not do it. And then uh, they left Bruno unmarked, they left Rashford unmarked, left Sancho unmarked, and it was just a very simple goal. But the, the nice thing about it was, yes, there was all the space. We still had to execute every single pass, and we did that very well. It was a really nice way to prove off from Rashford. Uh, it was a lovely goal. Yeah, um, it was it was really nice. Uh, everything about it was great. I thought it was, you know, Dallo gets the ball immediately. He's able to play a forward pass to what was it, Bruno, on the yep. wing. Uh, then you know, Rashford is already making the run, and Sancho. Like it's it was all just it was it was quick. It was incisive. It was everything you like. Like that is what Manchester United should be, right? It's an like we're not Barcelona. Like we're not gonna we shouldn't try to be some like play 5000 passes intricate I'm not like that stuff you need to but when I think of what is Manchester United that a goal like that is what I'm talk, thinking about like it's like quick 10 it was like what 6 7 seconds four three passes bang goal there's probably eight touches maybe total in that entire move um it, it's it was beautiful uh and I I thought the pass that Rashford played into Sancho was Perfect. Uh, yeah. Absolutely perfect. Sancho takes the ball, just rounds the keeper. Very calm. Uh, you know, I'm, I, I'm happy for Rashford and Sancho. Like, I, Rashford still, you can see, is like, he's closer now to breaking out of whatever. I thought he had a, yeah. I thought he had a yeah. good first half. And he was putting in some good passes. There was an, he hit a cross into Sancho, actually, mm-hmm. right at the mm-hmm. end, where Sancho had a chance from him. That was a really good cross. Yeah. And yep. he had another ball down the line to Langer that was also decent. But then in the second half, I thought it was, it was quite bad in the second half. Although, also, whilst being bad, still linking up with Ronaldo. So there is, there's signs there, but yeah, he still needs to come a long way. But generally, in general, I thought he was a little bit better, yeah. Yeah, I think, I think both of them were. Uh, and I think you're seeing, like, what I thought really, like in the second half especially, that is when you need Martial so badly. That's where you can yeah. really see that we're missing somebody that can just hold the ball up. Because you, could, you can even imagine, like, in some of the positions where we were trying to play it up to Rashford, if that's Martial, he can hold up, he can hold the ball up, he can hold off the center half, and now there's all this space behind, right, for Rashford to run into, and he can bring those guys into play. He's the one player in this team that we that can do those things. Uh, so, like, not having him right now is very frustrating. Uh, but, like, it, it's another sign to me of, like, okay, this is encouraging in the sense of, like, we know what profile we need. Like, that is telling us this is what we need to upgrade this position. And all of a sudden, like, if you get a, a striker like that, right, that you can depend on fitness-wise, now, like, your att- attacking options across the front three look so much stronger, right? Like, you have multiple options then now at each position uh, long-term, right? Rashford, Martial, Sancho, Anthony. Like, now you're, you're going somewhere. It feels like you're going somewhere in any way. Uh, I think Alanga, like, you know, for right now, he's fine as a squad player. I'm happy for that. Thank you for answering my question last week. Um, but, but, like, yeah, he's obviously limited in what he can do, but, you know, he's going to give you a shift. He doesn't mess around on the ball too much. You know, he's not trying to, like, wow you. But he, he makes quick decisions, and I think for right now, for what we need in this moment, that's okay until 
you know, Anthony's going to take him out of the team. So I'm excited to see that um, and see how those guys all combine. But there should, like, there, there, there should be a new Amazon show though called All or Nothing: Alanga's First Touch. <laughs> it, it genuinely is. It's everything or it's absolutely nothing. Yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's one of the two. Um, he either completely deads it or he, it's like... He's gone miles away from him <laughs> and he's just running like a madman trying to catch it. It's crazy. Um, but what it was... Um, and it, I, to be fair, Sancho, genuinely, if you ask me what he did in the game apart from that goal, I wouldn't be able to tell you. But as long as he's scoring goal, if he's coming up with a goal and that goal's a winning goal, I'm not going to complain. And I've been quite critical about Sancho. Do, do you think um, some of that is like... I know there was a lot of discussion about how... You know, because he's a combination player. So there's been a lot of discussion of like, he needs an understanding with the fullback, like more so than probably anybody, any other attacker on the side, to really like get the best out of him. Do you think that that's true? Because I thought like there were some moments with him and Malasia that were nice, but like you can also see that they're both trying to figure out, yeah, get on the same wavelength. I get that. Honestly, with Malasia, when he runs forward, I have no idea. I don't think he knows where he's going to run. <laughs> he runs into the weirdest places. Like, something just runs straight into the center forward position sometimes. Sometimes he bombs it down the line. Literally, I, you have no idea where he's going to go. So I can, I can see how it'd be difficult. They need to build that understanding. That'll come with time. Um, and yeah, he, he does like those, those little combinations. But again, it'll all come. But again, if he's finding the positions like he did, coming in, getting off the shoulder last man and putting the ball in the net, no one's going to complain. And then that, all the other stuff will come in. In hand, the keeper did make it easy for him. I would say, uh, just flew out of him. Uh, there you go. Uh, who's the keeper for Leicester? Danny Ward. Danny Ward, or uh, he's one you'd have over the hair, isn't it? Ashford? I would have many keepers. There's. It's easier to t- to talk about which keepers I wouldn't have over the hair. I'm, uh, I'm just. I'm teasing after him because he, 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 we had we had a big debate because he said he's the worst keeper in the league, and I'm pointing now at Danny Ward. So, <laughs> I, I mean, did what did he like? Do you you didn't. You thought he was at fault for the goal? Not at fault, but I think he kind of made Sancho's decision. If, if he stand, De Gea wouldn't do that. Um, like Allison, they would stand on the six yard line and make it okay. a bit, make yeah, yeah, make yeah. him make it a bit harder for him. As soon as you bolt out like that, Sancho just needs to take a touch and he's got an open net. Yeah, yeah. Um, you have to, you, not, have to, you not, have to come get the ball there, right? Basically, yeah. It's it's not um, it, it basically yeah. It's you you can make it a bit harder. It's obviously a great chance, and Sancho would score probably regardless. But you can make it a bit harder for him yeah. than what yeah yeah what Danny Ward did. Um, sorry. Anyway, uh, we're not talking about goalkeepers. We're talking about uh, our team. Yeah, so, but generally, a good win, solid win. But I think it's fair to say we we need to kick on from this solid base now. Uh, I was happy against Southampton. I get. I said, look, it's nice to be solid. Yesterday again, nice to be solid. Uh, but now we've got a big test in Arsenal, and it's they're flying. Um, they've not played great opponents. Uh, that is fair to say. They've had a very gentle first five games uh, playing two new promoted sides Villa in disarray Leicester we beat them so they can't be that big good um Palace although Palace actually have been decent um so that was probably their best win uh but they I mean I've watched I've ended up watching quite a few Arsenal games they seem to be always on TV and they play at an incredibly high tempo all their games just seem to be rapid so we're gonna have to really put in a shift on Sunday. Um, do you expect to see some changes for the Sunday game? We played an unchanged lineup now for three games in a row. The turnaround from Thursday to Sunday is three three days. Do you expect to see any anyone coming or out? I I keep saying Ericsson because, like you said, it just looks like he's just barely getting through. But these then he's matches. running all those miles. Yeah, yeah, he is. I mean, he's he's playing really well. I mean, I I 
I want Casemiro to start. I really think you need him to start in that match because Arsenal are in really good form. Um, I think you want somebody there that isn't just, you know, obviously he's great defensively, but he brings such a calmness. There were, like, they didn't, we obviously, the second half was not good, but there were stretches, especially in the last 15 minutes, where, like, once he got on the ball, he's able to slow things down, and now we're passing the ball around, and, you know, we're putting together sequences, keeping possession nicely. Like, I think you really need that against a team like Arsenal that presses as well as they do, um, and obviously is in great form. So, like, but it's like, I don't know where he would come in, because as you mentioned, McTominay, for all his flaws in possession, he does seem to have really fit into what Ten Hag needs him to do defensively, especially in terms of, like, winning second balls, you know, doing the you know, covering for fullbacks, all that kind of stuff. He's he's putting in some of these hard yards. Um, he's also, I saw a stat, he's committed the most fouls in the league so far, which I actually think is a positive. Like, mm. I think that's a positive. He, he, we needed, last year there was a lack of tactical fouls being committed. I think it's a good thing that he's committing a lot of fouls. Um, I think C- City always have players up there, so that's good that he's committing fouls. Um, but it's like, if you bring in Casemiro and you want to keep McTominay and Eriksson in, are you going to play Bruno right wing the entire match? You know, like, I don't, I'm not sure how you do that. I would consider it, to be honest with you. I would too, yeah. I would consider putting Bruno right wing, having a midfield three of Casemiro, McTominay, and Eriksson for a big game like Arsenal. And Um, you can have have Anthony come in last 15, 20 minutes, right? I don't think he'll start Anthony uh, after two games of training, two days of training. I don't think he'll start. but yeah, it's, it, that's maybe what I would go for. But I don't know. It, it, I feel like he just might go unchanged one one more time. Um, we play we play Europa next Thursday. Right? Yes, we play Europa so, next Thursday. I'll probably one of our, well one of our harder two games in this is against Sociedad. Yeah. So so you want? I think it's mostly going to be an unchanged eleven. I think you're. I think you're right. Casemiro comes in. Bruno right wing. That's probably the one change for Arsenal. Um, and then I think Europa League. You're going to see. A lot Wholesale of rotation. Changes. Wholesale yeah, you'll changes. see a lot. You'll Literally see a, lot. a different 11, probably a different 11 almost. Yeah. Um, Maguire, yeah. Lindelof will come in, Fred, um, anyone. Anyone, who, anyone who's not been playing basically will get a run out. Yep. Yep. Totally uh, agree. Um, do you think we can, do you think we'll beat Arsenal? They are the best team in the world at the moment. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I think we will. I think we will. I think we are. If we play as we did against Liverpool, I think we will beat them uh, because we are not good. We are we don't have the understanding. We don't have the know how now within like how Ten Hag wants to play to try and go toe to toe with them in terms of like attack them as in a possession game. But I think if we stay compact, play practically, and look to hurt them on the counter, um, that is where we need to live because. Um, you know, they play their fullbacks high. They get their fullbacks forward. There is space in behind there. I know uh, Saliba, he's got a great song. uh, So congrats to him for that. Uh, Him and Gabriel Gabriel have been pretty good. Really good, actually. Um, But like, they do put them, they do put a lot of pressure on them to do a lot of defending in 1v1 situations because of how high they press. So if you can beat the press or you can play it over the top, there is space in behind there. We know Rashford is always a threat in that situation. Um, so I think if we look to play more on the counter, it won't be as extreme as it was against Liverpool. 
But if we, you know, if it's like a 40, 60 possession type of thing, I think that's, that's where we need to live. Um, because that's, that's just what we are at this point in time. That's not the long-term goal or vision, but like, I think that's where we need to be. And I actually, I, I think this is a really good matchup for, uh, Martinez. I think he'll, he'll do well against Jesus and these type of attackers that Arsenal have, where it's not going to be like, you know, you're not going to be dealing with like constant aerial challenges being pumped in, right? No. Um, it's all going to be on the deck. So it's going to be a good challenge for that back four. Um, yeah. Got some yeah. good tidy players. Last it's going to be a good, I think it'll be a good game. Um, but I am also quietly confident. I hope we beat them. It'd be good to shut them up. Um, and it's always fun to beat Arsenal, isn't it? Yeah. But we haven't, we haven't I mean, beaten them since. No, we beat them last year. This is oh, a, that's right, this that's is, right, that's right. This yeah. is this is the big Eric Ten Hag test, um, really. Can he be as good a manager as Michael Carrick? I mean, it's a question <laughs> that Nick's been asking for, for a long time, ever since he joined. Can he reach the heights of Michael Carrick? And we will find out on Sunday. Um, that this was obviously part of the three-game run. We won 3-2, remember? De Gea lying on yeah, the floor. Yeah. yeah, and we still managed to win that game, which was incredible. Um, so yeah. I think it will be a good game. Um, I'm confident. We actually we have a decent record against Arsenal Old Trafford. Um, even when we've been bad, so yeah, I'm, I'm pretty hopeful, and I'd like to see a, I'd, I'd, I'll see a, a one goal win. I'm not sure what the score will be, and we'll probably will concede, but yeah, one, I'll go for a one goal win. Um, we're looking to hopefully have a podcast straight after that game, so stay tuned. Uh, before we go, just need to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, Manscaped. Yes, Manscaped.com, your go-to place for all the above-the-waist and below-the-waist grooming needs. Uh, they've got stuff for your balls, stuff for your face. All the hair you could ever need on your body can be trimmed. It can be trimmed. Every hair on your body can be trimmed, and it can be trimmed by Manscaped. So go to Manscaped.com, put in the code UnitedHour20, and get 20% off your order plus free shipping. That's UnitedHour20. UnitedHour20, which is 20% discount plus free shipping. So, yeah, go to that and support the pod. You can also follow us on Patreon. Uh, we only ask for a small feed just to keep the pod running. It's Really appreciated and got to our Twitter at United Hour on Twitter and follow us on Instagram. All the good stuff. Before we go, Ashwin, do you see us buying anyone in winter? Yes. You think? Yeah, I think we'll get one in. I'm not sure. I um, I feel like I feel like if we did, it might be we might sell Wan Bissaka, who might not play a lot at right back, and he might go. Or maybe I'm just wishfully thinking here. It's it's probably the like. Of the positions we need, which I think are fairly in some order, striker, midfield, right-back, goalkeeper, I feel like right-back is probably the position that you're most likely to find a team willing to sell somebody who's actually good in the middle of the season. Um, I think midfield is tough. I think striker is obviously super hard in the middle of the season. Um, but right-back, yeah, I think, I think that's, that's probably the one, right? Juan Bissaka, maybe he gets some matches. First half of the season, some team gets interested. You can buy him, and then you can replace him maybe with somebody younger or or a veteran even because, like, it's okay. I think that that might be a position where he wants a little bit more experience behind Delow instead of another kind of twenty-something-year-old who has to develop and all these kind of things. Mm. Well, that is it for transfer talk now. Now, uh, all you transfer muppets, I'm looking at you, Jamie. You can stop thinking about it now for a couple of months. So have a rest, relax, chill out. No more transfers. Um, that's it from us. Uh, say goodbye, Ashwin. Goodbye. United Hour is part of the Sports Social Network, edited by Imran Lahair, and our theme song is by Ancient Feelings. To get in touch, please follow us on Twitter, United underscore Hour or email us at unitedhour at gmail.com.
Social Podcast Network.